Hello and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up, the pop culture celebrity podcast that lifts the lid on all things fame, week in, week out. And here with Kathleen. Hey, honeys. How is everyone today? How are you, my love? I am good, babe. I've finally recovered from Glastonbury. It took me eight days. Yeah, I still haven't got over my Glastonbury FOMO. Oh, pet. Well, um, I was working, so I was Yes, on that the does make me feel better. Doing Yeah, I, my best friends were there, and I didn't see them. <gasps> really? Yeah. Actually, my friend Millie told me that she saw you a couple of times, like, really? right at the beginning, but like from really far away. Literally on the first day, she was like, sent me a voice note. She's like, I've already seen Ellie twice, but she oh, didn't right. see me. I was like, she definitely wasn't ignoring you. She is just blind. Oh, yes. Yeah, exactly. I probably didn't have my glasses yeah. on. Um, yeah, I was just zooming around doing a live blog. It was like a 13-hour live blog. That is a lot. Yeah, so like every half an hour I was having to chime in being like spotted celebrity and does it get loads of readers yeah okay yeah so yeah, people do because I never know with Glastonbury coverage whether it's like obviously everyone watches stuff on the BBC but everyone goes so big you mentioned the Times had like they, masses of people covering they had it, nine they? critics and we that only is wild. had four the Times I have to say had some really like young whippersnapper reporters Aww. who um, were there and on the first day had gone and interviewed all the security on the watchtowers and they'd got this really great piece where they uh, the security had seen people tunnelling in through the barriers as yeah. in like by putting their tents up by the barriers so no, so no one could see but obviously the watchtower people like really yeah, high yeah, up yeah. so I was like damn that is some good original on the ground reporting that is and you know there's that way lots of people as well wait until like 4am and then they climb up like a massive ladder yeah well with their like Batman clips uh, we didn't have any new supporters otherwise you would have got even better stories obviously I was then getting a live reporting from one of my colleagues who was in hospitality being like Matty Healy's just arrived oh so you literally had people on the ground yeah to just check which celebs were coming in and out as well well they that wasn't their job but it was part of the remit yeah and so I was like please can you go up to him and say Rina Sawayama has just called you out in front of thousands of fans and he was like no I'm drunk (laughs) I I mean you would probably do that to be fair I was gonna be like would you do that and I'm like actually you would do that well you know what I'm like as well because I'm so blind I don't notice anyone around me yes you're not the best celeb spotter so I was literally dancing (laughs) shoulder to shoulder with Taryn Egerton Billy Piper didn't notice. Um, didn't notice. And my friend Ellie, who's also a colleague at the Telegraph, she was w- working with us. Was like, oh, there's Billy. You're next to Billy Piper. You're next to Taryn Egerton. You're next to Rodeo. No, no, what's his name? Who's the young Beckham guy? Rodeo Beckham. <laughs> Romeo Beckham. Yeah, they were all there. Andrew Garfield. Literally, like anyone who's anyone, anyone who's was anyone. there. I did almost go up to Billy Piper when I found out she was there. I was like, I must go up to her and tell her that I was one of the few people that watched I Hate Susie. And my colleague was <laughs> well, like, Yeah, you can't say that. Um, that doesn't sound no. as complimentary as you think it does. And also, one of the few, it was like actually like a massive TV show, and she probably considers it quite a career well, highlight. The ratings so. were really low. Were they? Because yeah. I feel like everyone spoke about it at the time, and Lucy Prabble and blah, blah, blah. It's like, a I feel classic like it's like journalism yeah. circles. Big on Twitter, big outside of media. there, no one cares. Exactly. So moving on from Glastonbury, what shall we talk about today? Well, first, shall we discuss Blake Lively? Let's discuss Blake Lively. She's had quite the week. So thoughts on Blake Lively on the... Generally? Just generally, yeah. I'm a big Blake Lively fan. I love her. I think she's really stunning. stunning. I've actually been quite obsessed with her ever since Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants. I love that Because I really liked the book of that. And so when she then was the main character, I was very into it. And she's just generally... We've talked about that other film on the podcast before. One of her random hits. She has had some strange films. I very much like the shark one. In the Deep, The Deep. Yes. Some, called something like that. I also like... The one where she is in a thruple, which we've definitely spoken about on the podcast before. The one with um, Sam Taylor Johnson in it. Oh, I haven't seen it, but you told me about it. Yes. 
Oh, I think it's called Savages. Re- re- highly recommend, guys. I haven't seen it for about 10 years, so well, excuse so was my she not in trash Benjamin taste. Button? I don't think so. No, that doesn't right. ring a bell to no, me. I understand but. she was a Benjamin, but um, as uh, a mother role. And... Gossip Girl. Well, so she an obvi- oh my God, Gossip Girl, the most Come iconic on. Serena Vanderwoodson. What the fuck? How could I not have gone in with that? She was my hair, hair and spo growing oh, up. Oh, she has such good hair. I was always so jealous I didn't oh, have her blonde hair. Oh, hair couldn't be more different. It could not be more different. Like, All I wanted like, was like and long sleek. blonde hair and like, curly brown hair. But she has been in a bit of trouble. So earlier this year, Blake Lively launched a brand of mixers, which basically are alcohol-free sparkling mixers that she enjoys on it, their own, but she, you can also have them with spirits. I think that's how it's like okay, nice on her Instagram. It's like great with your favorite spirits or good enough to have on its own. And Blake Lively has been one of the few celebrities that hasn't jumped on the whole alcohol sponsorship brand partnership deals and her fans who have given up drinking because Blake Lively doesn't drink yeah, really yeah. that much. Yeah, she doesn't drink. She says, I don't love drinking. And so her audience is always love the fact that she's one of the few celebrities that haven't sold themselves out well her husband does also have a brand a gin brand aviation Aviation, gin yes but she has now introduced an alcohol seltzer to her brand so her brand was called betty buzz and now this edition is called betty booze and yeah i was just really interested reading the comments because i didn't realize how much she was adored in the sober community for being no, I didn't. Yeah. But I did see the post because the caption I found weird. I follow her on Instagram yeah. and I just scrolled past it. I didn't realise there was all this like hullabaloo going on. But I saw the caption. It was like, y'all know I don't drink, but blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what a weird way to introduce an alcohol brand. Yes. I, I th- don't drink, I but that. here it is. Yeah. Here's something I've never tried or would consume myself. Yeah, from a marketing point of view, I thought it was odd. really odd. Really I think strange. it's a bit odd. Because but at least she's not pretending to drink them, I suppose. Surely there are just so many hard seltzers on the market right now. There are. Like they're just everywhere. Ellie Golding. Having marriage troubles. Is she having marriage troubles? Yeah, oh apparently God, so. With the art dealer. Yeah. What's his name again? Something Joplin. Yeah, Casper, Casper Joplin. Joplin. Yeah. Oh shit, didn't they just An get married? They only got married last year, yeah, so... Well, there's a big piece in the cut um, this week about how this is the era of the messy celebrity divorce. I saw that, yeah. but I haven't read it. Did you read it? I did read oh it. Oh my God, give me the, uh, the well, top lines. I was like, that looks good. Well, it, you know how like 10 years ago, it was all about like conscious uncoupling yeah. and being extremely respectful. And uh, Channing Tatum and Jenna yeah. being like, we've been on a magical journey as best friends and lovers and we're still so in love, but we will be separated. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, oh, funny that your best friend that you're still magically in love with hasn't been anywhere near you for 10 years. Like you've literally never been papped together since or like hung out together publicly. Lol. Like it's such a front. Anyway, so that was a few years ago, but now I think we're in the age of distracts a la Shakira. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and really catty little comments such as, oh, who was it? Oh, um, you know, Jeremy Allen White, is that his name from The Bear? The main guy in The yeah, Bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, he got divorced last year and his wife posted a really catty comment on her Instagram being like, I am a single mother to my children. And it's oh like, my God. no, you're not. <laughs> well, like, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs. No. Maybe he's not been around. And then she had to edit it and change it to co-parent. <gasps> Oh my God. Yeah. So when I think the piece was basically suggesting that we're in the era of the catty celebrity divorce. I'm quite here for well, it. They said messy actually. So I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. um, I prefer that. Come on. I do as well. <laughs> let's, be, let's be real. That yeah, is be real. how most people are probably functioning after 
divorce. Yeah, most people are not going on... Most people aren't best friends with their exes, let's face it. And they're not not on a magic journey of divorce. No. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm trying to think who else. Well, obviously, there was So Messy, bloody Olivia Wilde, and... um, Oh my God, Jake and Jason Segusis. Delivering the divorce papers on stage. That is actually so bad. Pete Chaos. Also, didn't Adele have quite a messy divorce? Yeah. Good point, because the whole album's kind of about it. Yeah. Um, trying to think who else. Anyway, there's loads. Should we talk about the new plane thriller that we're both loving? <gasps> yes, I'm so happy that you wanted to talk about it too. Because it's so much fun to talk about when we've both seen it. Have you yes. seen the first two episodes? I've seen three, I think. Oh, so do you have screeners? Only two are out. No. Oh, then I've only seen two. So guys, Hijack is the new seven-part series on Apple TV starring Idris Elba. It is so bingeable so watchable like it's kind of like gloriously like fun fluff in a way yes serious elements obviously it being all about you guessed it a plane hijacking but it's done in that way it's not kind of like tv that's going to stay with you forever or move you in a mad way it's more just you want to watch it all and you want to watch it all now i was devastated when i realized that there was no more out i was literally like what i was ringing and now i have to wait for like an entire week like no i need to see this now So Idris Elba plays Sam Nelson, who is a corporate negotiator whose flight from Dubai to London is hijacked. And so he uses his real world skills as a corporate negotiator to try and save everyone on board, essentially 200 plus people. It is exactly the kind of role that we like to see Idris Elba in. Exactly the kind of role. Someone without his charm and charisma absolutely could not carry this role. He just has that like... He has that presence, like he's got a physical kind of presence and so much charm that the absurd idea that a corporate negotiator would be able to like (laughs) completely like save, like, yeah, save a plane, defuse this whole situation. The hijackers, they don't say why they're actually, they're actually really careful to never call them terrorists. There's that whole thing where there's the one guy who's speaking in Arabic and they're like, is it him? Like they, they try and really like depoliticize the show, which I think is actually part of its brilliance. I would say it's very unbelievable in that like surely it would be clear by now that what they want. Well, it's I guess, been several hours of the flight and it's not clear. We're only an hour into the flight, I think. Do you think? And they haven't. They haven't let their demands be known yet, no. Also, I did notice as well that lots of the passengers were pretty chill. Yeah, so it's meant to be like 24 style as well, like the show 24. It's like in real time. So the seven episodes take place over the seven hour flight and you as the audience like see everything. I would personally be screaming and having a mental breakdown. But they're like, if you scream, we're going to shoot you and then the bullets are going to go out the side of the plane and then the whole plane's going to go down. So I think everyone knew to like shut up, literally. Because it's like if anyone gets, as as Idris Elba, Sam Nelson says in it, if one of those guns goes off, in the wrong place and a bullet goes through yes the exterior of the plane like we're literally all fucked i mean there are slightly ludicrous bits as well like idris elba happens to notice an errant wash bag and no oh, yeah so they've bought guns on the plane yeah but the wash bag is funny i did think it was slightly unbelievable or rather removed the sense of jeopardy that clearly the hijackers do not want to die themselves because then it's like okay well everyone's going to get home safe then isn't it because they don't want to die so they're not actually going to let off any bullets on this plane Yes, but I think Idris Elba's character makes it pretty clear that they're stupid enough that something like that is going to happen. It's going to happen anyway. Like when you are dealing with like seven hijackers and 200 people, someone's going to do like even the passengers that try and like revolt, you know, that you can't really like predict Yes, what people are going to do. I think as well that I'm just so relieved that Idris Elba is playing something not shit. Yeah, he'd had a quite a bad run recently. I actually wrote a piece 
about this a few years ago that was headlined like dear idris your embarrassing uncle phase needs to end oh, yeah because he just played charlie in turn up charlie that like terrible oh, yeah. show about a washed up dj that's particularly bad it was so bad it got like one star it was like widely panned plus he then was in cats which was like one of the most heinous was he actually things. in cats yes. christ i didn't know that yes he was in cats it's like a naked furry little animal it was just horrendous and he was then also DJing and releasing terrible music like Boasty. I reread my piece earlier to try and remember what was so awful. He has this terrible line in Boasty that says, and I write for myself, no ghosty. It's like, oh my God, Idris. It's like, as in like no ghostwriter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can be a little bit <laughs> tragic. Bit of a- and I feel like this, like hijack is Idris well and truly back to his iconic self. The Hollywood, Hollywood reporters sum up best what I was saying earlier, which is just that, with some actors, the idea that a basically normal businessman might be this innately persuasive could be read as self-aggrandizing, self-aggrandizing, even delusional. In Elba's strong, steady hands, it becomes the simplest thing in the world to believe that Sam is truly just that charming. Yeah. Like, I have to say, it's good fun. whoever thought of being able to talk to the pilot, pilot through a video game, very clever. I wonder if you can very actually clever. do that on a plane. Well, one thing I found interesting... Well, you can definitely do those multiplayer games. But on a plane. I guess you could. Yeah, on a plane you can do those multiplayer games. Even on- though the Wi-Fi was down. Good point. I don't know whether it has its own like internal chat system. I don't know. Again, it doesn't like, lean into those details too much that they matter. You don't, yeah. not, you don't find yourself like investigating it too yes. much, do you? Like my old fave, Lucy Mangan, you know, the one in The Guardian, yes. whose reviews I always quote. She said that the only unbelievable moment in the whole show, well, she's obviously talking about the seven episodes, which I haven't even seen. But in the first two, she says the only unbelievable moment is when the pilot, there's like the, the real moment of violence when the pilot basically like beats up the co-pilot so that that was the horrible the affair with isn't killed yeah and lucy mangan's like i think that's completely unbelievable but ironically that moment when i was watching it marlon was like do you know what's so awful about that he was like it's so true like he was like i would literally like beat the shit out of anyone to get to you if you're on the other side oh, of that door cute. like he was like it's so like it's so true of men like yeah. the dark like the dark heart of like masculinity like if you knew that the woman you, you love is literally about to be shot on the other side of that door you would do anything to get to them and you would kill anyone and be as violent and as like but do you think we thing. would well i don't know he was saying it's a masculine thing uh oh, it's a really hard one i don't know i don't know would yeah would you do you even know how to punch anyone i don't i always stick my thumb out by accident <laughs> yeah when i did do a boxing you did at anthony uh, gym. yeah the trainer used to like crease at me and call me bridget jones so. oh my god in a nice way i yeah. actually really liked him he was so, so great but yeah he was like your punch is not that good but then by the end of the six weeks actually he was like really impressed so i reckon i could deliver maybe like a scrappy scratch in the eye yeah i'd more have to do like a vicious girly attack a little hair pulling and yeah pinching and scratching and stuff anyway um fun uh quote from idris elba i read an interview where he was talking about his own experience on planes and he said that recently after he was filming the show or whilst he was filming it he went on a plane to la and someone died um on the plane i i think probably of natural causes it's actually not clear but someone died on the plane and everyone was incredibly distressed and he was like it's actually really interesting being a public figure in times of crisis because everyone gravitates towards you and he said that is really interesting all the air hostesses kept coming to talk to him about it like a confident and he actually described 
public figures in those situations as like doctors. Oh, I kind of love that. That's really interesting insight. It makes so much sense. It's almost slightly arrogant and I'm surprised he actually did say it, but I actually totally understand. Yeah, because we assume that we know them. So you'd feel comforted by someone that you know rather than a load of strangers. And also I think if you've seen him in Luther, like I trust him because of that. Yeah. I mean, it would be really upsetting if he isn't as clever as like Stringer Bell or Luther. I I hope he is. I've never seen Luther. Can you believe that? That's mental. I know. I'm just, it's really violent, isn't it? So that's always put me off. Like the dark violence of it. I'm like, I just don't know if I can have it. Oh, it's not that bad. Is it not? Okay. You should watch it. Okay. It's actually mental that you haven't seen Luther. I know. It's like such a classic. I have tried it a few times then be like, oh God, I just don't know if I can watch a woman get murdered every episode. Oh, lots of women do get murdered. Yeah. Well, in that case, yeah, maybe give it a miss. I feel my psyche is in a stronger place now that I can really handle <laughs> so it. Yeah. I can deal with Luther. <laughs> um, yeah, and he said he was also quite grateful in a way of all the rumours around him being Bond because it meant that people kept Googling him who didn't know him and like helped his visibility. Yes. But then he was also like, I actually can't talk about it because then I will get like a million Google alerts with my name. Yeah. As I, it's like, it just Elba so says. Then, and didn't he say as well that all of the like horrific racism that he received around even the suggestion that he might be Bond was enough to make him be like, I'm literally never doing that. Yes. Yeah. I also then went deep in some Reddit forums today to see what people who actually know about DJing think of his DJing. And oh, people yeah. were actually quite kind. Yeah. And they were like, actually his Coachella set's quite good. Yeah, I do feel like he can't be that shit. Like he does actually play like yeah. decent sets and th- people go yes. and watch them and really enjoy them. Beast of No Nation was a fantastic film. He was oh really yeah. As like a corrupt West African leader. Not so good in Beast where he wrestles a giant Also, lion. Oh, I liked that film. I watched that recently. I really enjoyed I that. I watched it on the plane. Yes, it's exactly the kind of rubbish watching you want it's for a plane. It's preposterous. I really enjoyed it. I worry though that Idris in his old age, obviously still young at the moment, will go down the Liam Neeson route of just doing constant saving women and children thrillers. I agree. And I wouldn't say he's that young. Sorry to say. I Is was he? being he's kind like, actually. Yes, I, I didn't want to be ageist. Because yeah. you know how I know no, say no. everyone's old. No, no, no. But he's like... How old is he? Oh, he's got to be in his late 40s. Like, that is young. You know, you know, but he's not not knocking on Liam Neeson's door, if you know what I mean, for those middle-aged man roles. You know, he's yeah. definitely moving into that phase of life. But Liam Neeson's like 70 now, isn't he? Is he? Right. <laughs> I actually don't know. I don't know. I, I can't Neeson, speak on that. I think looks older than he is. Whereas yeah. just suburb maybe looks younger than he is. Yeah. Um, I also on Reddit, one of the guys had put, um, I showed this DJ set to my girlfriend and she said, thank you, please now send me the link so I can watch it privately in my own time. Because <laughs> <laughs> the women love him. Um, I interviewed him once with Anthony Joshua. Have you ever listened to his podcast with his wife? No, oh God. I haven't Is either. it a bit like... I haven't listened to it, I can't lie. It looks awful enough that I've stayed well clear. Yeah, I have to say I'm not that fascinated in his wife. There was, um, I had ticket, well, I could have, if I'd wanted to go for free to go and see his wife, Sabrina, give a talk at the Trouble Club about her skincare brand. And I was like, I, I probably would not go. Could care less. Actually, the last GQ Men of the Year I went to, they hosted it together as yes. a couple. And they look like he a definitely fun carried it, I will oh, say. Oh, really? Well, she's not bad or anything. It's just that like, would you hire her for a standalone gig no. where she not as yourself as wife? I also feel Not like, sure. what lessons do we have to learn from an already famous person setting up a brand? Like, exactly. there's nothing relatable. Incredibly beautiful former here. model who yeah. happened to marry a very wealthy actor. Yes, or oh, you've set Perhaps up a skincare brand. not the entrepreneurial story that no. we all need to hear. But I think they throw fun parties because I noticed oh, that they're my drama is always yeah, she's always, she went to their wedding as well. They're really fun. So that's Hijack, guys. Go that's and watch Hijack. it. 
Right, guys, quick break whilst we tell you about the Art Fund's amazing National Art Pass, which is a must-have for culture lovers like us who want to see brilliant exhibitions at places like the Tate and the v for half the price. Yep, the Art Fund is our fabulous new sponsor and its National Art Pass allows you to go and see paid exhibitions at major museums and art galleries at a fantastic 50% discount. Some partnered venues are even free with the pass, such as Brighton Pavilion, one of my faves, Cardiff Castle and Ham House. It is the perfect way to spend a wholesome Sunday and a very nice change from watching TV or just going to the pub. Absolutely. I always feel so inspired creatively when I go and pop to see an exhibition over the weekend. Um, And if you're under 30 or 30 and under, then the 12-month membership is just £33.75 in your first year if you pay by direct debit, which is an excellent value considering the cost of a major exhibition can be up to £20 and the pass gets you into it for £10. So good. Literally. And I cannot wait personally for us babe to go and see Diva at the V&A. <laughs> so exciting. A dizzying retrospective of Divas throughout the ages from Lady Gaga to Marilyn Monroe and Elton John reclaiming the word from its negative connotations to actually celebrate the power of self-belief. That literally has our name all yes, over it, doesn't it? the fashion looks divine. I honestly can't wait. And if the fact that these exhibitions are half-priced with the Art Pass wasn't enough to convince you, then darlings, warm your heart in knowing that the Art Fund is the national fundraising charity for art. And so buying an Art Pass helps Art Fund support museums, gallery and historic places across the UK. Head to artfund.org slash straight up to claim your discounted 30 and under membership. And enjoy, hands. What else do we want to discuss today? Um, Barbie marketing. Barbie. Shall we discuss? Let's discuss I mean, it's not out till July 21st in the UK, but... Oh, Barbie I have, if you want tea. to come with me, I have press tickets <gasps> for us. I do. I will actually come to that. On you know, the 17th. You know, it's a... Uh, a big deal yes. when I come to the well, cinema. Also, then we can debrief that on would be the pod. Because we'll have seen an early. So. Yay! Okay, let's definitely do that. That'll be really 17th. fun. It's the Barbie the Barbie marketing team is just literally doing the most. It's doing the it's most. It's wild. Is I've it never seen anything much? quite like it. Is it doing too much, you ask? Well, depends how many various licensing deals and official merch opportunities. Well, depends. You think of too many. Well, depends also how good the film is because also... It does very much depend on that, doesn't it? Um, normally, when we've seen massive, massive marketing campaigns, it sometimes is because the film... To make up isn't that for good. a lack. Yeah. That is unfortunate. So just a very quick rundown of all the various Barbie products that I have currently been able to find. Yes. There's a Barbie Xbox. It's a themed console with a Barbie Playhouse on the top. There's a Barbie Dream Car currently featured in the realistic driving game Forza Horizon 5 on the Xbox. There's an entire Barbie-themed hotel where the cast was interviewed. There's a kind of multiverse of Barbie advertising going on. So it's in being covered in other ads, such as like the US car insurance company Progressive. Oh my God. Uh, there's a Ruggable collab, so Barbie rugs. Gross. You can get a Barbie-scented candle Gross. from Homesick. The scent is lemon zest, sweet peony and sandalwood. I don't feel like sandalwood is a Barbie scent. No, it's a little bit... Masculine, I would assume it'd be like bubblegum and mm. lavender. I guess maybe because they want it to actually be nice. So yeah. like not, uh, fashion retailers, Forever 21, have done their own 90s inspired collection and there are really great Barbies accessories at Claire's Accessories. Gap, New Look and M&S are also doing Barbie merch. Who the hell is still propping up Claire's Accessories? Is it a money laundering operation at this point? It's actually for <laughs> under 10 year olds. That's what I've realised. It's very popular with like tweens, like 
no, is that what the white word is? Tweens, like preteens. That's who, um, that's who shops at. Yes. Camp. Okay. I'm kind of intrigued by their Barbie accessories. I might go check them out. Will you literally you li- never speak to me you again? If, as never a grown wear woman. pink. Also, I do wear pink. That's not no, true. I do occasionally. You genuinely, only wear like white, black, and blue. <laughs> I do wear pink. What uh, pink I'm do trying you to wear? think of some kind of example. You've never now. worn hot pink. I do. I have a couple of hot pink dresses. I have that long Zara hot pink dress with the cow neck that I wore in the Maldives for one. Yes, you do. No. Yep. I can't remember it. Are you sure that wasn't purple? No, I have a purple one as well. I have a hot pink one. Mm. I have a couple of hot pink, like, summer dresses vibes. Pink but I don't mean it's a bit girly. I think now that I'm old enough, like, I veered away from it in my 20s because I found it a bit sickly and a bit, like, infantilizing. But then millennial pink. Millennial pink, I love. I love a pale pink. See, I've got to be quite careful with pink because in some, in, in, with some stars, I can look a bit umbrage. Oh... Or right. a bit Rita Skeeter. Yeah. <laughs> One of the two. It might be with the, like, blonde, whereas with brown hair, I don't yeah. know. It might be. You can also even get Skinny Dip London phone accessories. This and, is too much. And Barbie pet clothing. Both here and across the pond from See, various... when Nina get, was still a girl, I would have put her so in So you could, you could go and get something either from Skinny Dip or there's an entire Barbie collaboration with Canada Pooch, which I hadn't heard of until I found this. No, Obviously meant to be a riff on Canada Goose. Oh, yeah. And you can also get official Barbie roller skates from the Impala Skate and Barbie Cola. You can get pink glassware. You can get a fun boy, you know, fun boy. Those are those really iconic pool floats that everyone has, like no. the Drake hotline bling ones. You can get a Barbie fun boy pool float. There's a Hot Wheels collab where you can get the Barbie car. I would have definitely liked that when I was a little girl. That would have been really cool. Also, you can stay in a Barbie Airbnb. You can indeed. The Barbie Dream House in Malibu. So there's this massive, like, experiential activation in LA called the World of Barbie, where all the celebs have been visiting, like Kim Kardashian's been posting all of them being at it kim k was doing barbie promo like like oh yeah she was and she's been doing yeah she was posting stuff from the barbie dreamhouse world whatever like time ago in her stories and then she's she's been dressing like a barbie for literally two years all that balenciaga hot hot pink pink, yeah Yeah. was she hoping she might get cameo sad she didn't oh yeah or maybe she is but you know how kim kardashian definitely does some kind of like under the radar slightly dodgy like promo of like films and tv shows she she never declares as ads and it's really obvious that they must be like she'll be like I'm so excited to see like this film or like this documentary and it, just as suspect. Like it's really obvious that she's didn't she being do paid that with um, it, I think. normal people? She well might have. Wouldn't be surprised. She, she does it with would. Hulu stuff, I think. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, there are at the Barbie Dream House in Malibu, as you say, it's like an Airbnb that you can book for one night. It's actually free though. At the moment, they've turned it into like Ken's hosting it. So Ryan Gosling's like Ken has all like his stuff. So, it's his room that so you go and stay in. So a lucky duo have managed to get a free stay. Surely they'll yeah. be interviewed by a magazine about it. A couple of people have, yeah, because they've like opened it up over a couple of different nights for like a few couple of luckians but it's a real airbnb that's privately owned yeah but it's like an activation house that airbnb have used before for other stuff right. so at the moment it's the barbie bamboo oh, dream see. house but it has in fact been used for other interesting. things interesting so a studio owns the house and uses it for well i wouldn't be surprised if it's airbnb that own it because i do know airbnb do quite a lot of stuff like that like my friend used to do the pr for them and they turned one of the pods on the millennium wheel into like a little bedroom that you could book oh, as nice. part of airbnb like they do quite a lot of stuff like that i think i'd get nightmares if i stayed at that a barbie horror film would be quite compelling i think it would but i can't imagine them doing you that. know there's a winnie the pooh i have heard of a film yeah. and they're doing a bambi one now oh really oh no yeah. i don't like the idea because the ip's expired they've got barbie charity auctions barbie turned up at the washington dc pride parade officially with its own banner and people roller skating there's a warner brothers barbie cruise in boston 
It's literally insane. And you know how uh, Margot Robbie as well, she did that like architectural digest like inside the real life set yes. of the Barbie's dream house, showing all the like various like things that they actually like filmed with and the kind of crazy props. Like it's amazing. It actually is unbelievably amazing. Like the film, surely if nothing else, the film is going to be like a stylistic, aesthetic dream. Yes, I'm very excited to see it. Also, Margot Robbie's a brilliant actor. I must say, I don't know that much about the plot. That's one thing well, I forgot is, to do. Well, that's, so this, this is what's so interesting is that when the first trailer dropped, I personally realised that this film was not going to be what we expected when the first trailer that dropped was like a spoof of Sunny Kubrick's Space Odyssey. Yes. Um, with like the giant Barbie like looming over the hill with all these like little girls below. So, but then again, then the other teaser trailers have very much not had any giant Barbies. So I don't know. I mean, I think the film is definitely what I've gathered is that it's meant to be this kind of like tongue in cheek, like it's almost like a parody or it's like, it's really like subverting and embracing the idea that like Barbie is like peak capitalism and playing with that, I think. Although I saw that Greta Gerwig, who is normally beloved by everyone, was getting some shade being like, "Uh, guys, even if you do like ironic, like winking capitalism, it's still fucking capitalism. Like you're you're making a parody of capitalism all the while like selling the most brand deals doing more merch the most, than we have yeah, ever seen like any film and just because it's delivered with a wink doesn't make it like any less gross capitalism no that's mm. a very fair point but then again like you can't make a movie without, without promoting into that it unless you're yeah. doing it like on a no, show you can't what would be an anti-capitalist movie that everyone would see yeah i don't think that's <laughs> you can't have an anti-capitalist <laughs> blockbuster film so yeah but also who care i don't care whether they're I mean, I've never expected that from the movie business. So I don't feel like they're necessarily trying to make a really political comment. I think they're just trying to make a really entertaining film. I think you're right. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait. How exciting. I think Margot Robbie is so hot. I know. Have you seen how like amazing her wardrobe has been on the whole tour? She's been really committed to the Barbie aesthetic. I think think Ryan Gosling as Ken is going to be really funny. Greta Werger apparently told him that he needed to cry like her four-year-old. Son, oh. and also she an interesting fact about Margot Robbie's prep. Greta Gerwig got her to listen to an episode of This American Life about a woman who has no interiority, who has no inner monologue, oh. has no inner voice. Like oh, that's, that's quite common though. Like, well, not common, but like a lot of people don't have an inner voice. I think we have even talked about this on the what? podcast before. Some people have an inner voice that's like their voice that they hear. Yeah, and some people have like more abstract ways of thinking that are like more in pictures and colors like it's not a voice it's not a narrative at all oh i see yeah and they were like that's kind of like two main way that our brains tend to work so maybe this woman is like the third yeah version where it's not working in either of the ways it's supposed to and there's just she just doesn't reflect on anything yeah and um i actually really want to listen to that episode yeah i'm interested but i guess that is very apt for barbie like you're not meant to reflect on anything there's that really funny scene in one of the trailers where she's like hey do you want to come over to mine tonight and ken is like sure to do what and she's like oh i don't actually know yeah because they're just like playing boyfriend and girlfriend but don't actually have any genitals and they have like um (laughs) no water like no water comes out of the shower when she's using it's like well no water in barbie world the pools are empty like it's a playhouse, like, when they go in the fridge, like, all the food is, like, 2D, like, yes. a picture, not real. I feel like they've hammed up all of those playhouse things that we all, like, really recognise from childhood, which makes it quite fun. Did you play with Barbies? Yes. Did you? Yes. I loved them. I loved Barbies. But I quite liked the ones. This is the thing. I know now they try and make it, like, a female empowerment thing, where they're like, you can be anything you want to be. Barbie is a scientist. She's an astronaut. She's a 
biologist or whatever. But my favorite one was the um, Cinderella one who had a carriage with horses. Ooh. So I just wanted one with like really long blonde hair I could brush. Yeah. I just wanted her to look nice. And then I had some kind of mermaidy one that I used to really like for the bath. Oh, nice. Oh, I think I only had one Barbie. I do remember trying, to, once I found out about sex, I was constantly trying to make her and can have sex. Yeah, I did like to borrow my brother's action men for, <laughs> well, not particularly sex, but for like my generally... Well, I guess not sex, but just like intimate... My women. role play. Yes. The girlfriend and boyfriend storylines, yes. as you say. I never actually had a Ken. Oh, I had a Ken. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think because I had brothers, I, I, I could borrow from them. I don't remember playing Barbies that much, though. I played a lot more with Sylvanian families. See, I didn't. And loads of other people do. Recently, we were talking all about clubbing in for one of my friend's little kids for a Sylvanian set. Oh, that's so cute. And that just kind of passed me by. I don't know why. Yeah, I never had any Sylvanians. What? I had like 15 families. Yeah, I know they were like so massive. And they've come in and out of style over the years, haven't they? Loads. Oh, they were so cute. Even when my sister was little, my 17-year-old sister, she had a couple as well about, yeah, 15 years ago now. Also, me and my sister had loads of plastic food and we would often play restaurants. Oh, that's cute. We'd serve my parents. and also- Oh, yeah. I think we had like a little play kitchen or yes, something. that was always Or fun. like, did you have one of those little playhouses, the little yellow with the red top? No, I didn't. And the little windows. Oh, cute. Do you know what I, I mean? Know. I think they were like by Fisher-Price or something. They were like the baby. Could you go in them? Yes, but they were like minuscule inside. Like, I don't think a fully grown adult would even fit in there. Oh. That actually reminds me, this is such a side note, but I've been re-watching a bit of um, Modern Family recently. It's just like an easy watching thing. Yeah. Because I've got a Disney subscription at the moment, so I'm trying to, you know, milk it for all it's worth. And been re-watching Modern Family and the episode where, oh my God, it's, what the hell is his name? The actor who we love, who was in jury duty really recently. Ronald Gladden. Oh, no. James. Sorry. <laughs> That's not the actor. Um, James Marsden. I love how you still remember his name, though. Props on that, because I'd totally forgotten. James Marsden has a cameo, and he basically, they think he's moved in upstairs from Cam and Mitch, the gay couple that yeah. had the daughter Lily. And they then basically realise that, in fact, he's like a drifter that's been living in their little girl's like doll's house. And they've got a fairy princess castle in the garden and this guy has actually been living in it for weeks. Oh my God. It's such a good episode. James Marsden's so funny. And Cam, you know, what is that actor's name? I really should know that. I you know who I, I mean, Cam from Modern... Oh my God. Oh my God. You're really missing out. You have to. Modern Family. Okay, you watch Luther and I'll watch okay, Modern that's a fair. Family. <laughs> that's a fair exchange. I will do that. Um, I still need to watch that weird horror film about the two girls stuck on a pole. Oh yeah, that's... Okay, so I would say that's very much in the same family as the Ildris Elba Lion one. Exactly oh, okay. the same type of film. Oh, okay. So maybe I should watch it on a plane. Fun trash. Do you know what I... Th- remembered that I forgot to talk about last time we were talking about the idol and Lily Rose Depp <laughs> yes we, you know I said we've never seen her in a f- anything before the idol yes we have seen her in a film that you should really remember we watched it on the plane together Wolf she <gasps> was the cat oh my god I totally had not put that together and do you know why I was thinking about this is because and so I, she was like the main love interest girl yes. yeah so um oh, what's the actor called in that again George so- Mackay God, I'm on the names today. You really are. Well done. Well, so the reason I was thinking about it, and I'm not going to go into the actual news story because it's very contentious, but basically lots of, well, not lots, but there was a news story about children identifying as animals and whether they should be allowed to identify as, say, a cat at school. But was it a news story or is it in fact that journalists have been going around trying to dig up these stories, offering fees to parents who will say that their child identifies as a cat? So it's one of these stories where like Twitter and everywhere else has blown up with it because they're like, it's newspapers creating the story. So I'm not going to say 
much more on this, but I do know someone who worked at a school who 10 years ago had a pupil that asked whether they could, that it told him that they identified Actually, as Actually, do you know what? Now you're saying this, I think you maybe have told me this before, but like way pre any of this being in the public yeah. lexicon or oh, being no, no. interesting. It was literally like 10 years ago and a family friend was in a position of authority at a school and a pupil asked if they could wear a cat tail and ears yeah. to school. But aren't they saying now as well that the reason that it's so problematic that it's almost being used as this kind of like, look at the next step of the woke agenda thing and almost used as this kind of uh, way in which to like criticise transgender people, I guess. Yes. Um, like, oh look, where could, where could this lead? Yeah, it's like a kind of um, moral panic. Hysterical, yeah. Well, like, I wonder whether that's actually like the issue really is that very, very occasionally when children have claimed that, it's usually part of the fact that they, like, actually have severe autism. Or just very troubled. And actually the reason why it made me think of this film was because I feel like this film, Wolf, basically stars George Mackay and Lily Rose Depp as two very troubled young people who identify as animals because of trauma they've dissociated and they've used a kind of animal as an almost, like, talisman slash mascot to escape situations mm. that have upset them for example Lily Rose Depp's character imagines herself as a cat because when she was being raped by her stepdad she would imagine being as like nimble and lithe as a cat that she could run out the window and escape yeah you can totally understand why a child's mind might think like that yeah and also in the, in the film though it's been like normalized in that world in that there's like a treatment like facility, facility that they've all been sent to there are loads of children there they all identify as like different animals but yes. we did say at the time, didn't we? We watched it. We actually talk about it in our Maldives episode, if you guys want to hear. We really enjoyed the film, but I did feel like, what are they trying to do with this? Is this some kind of weird commentary on gender identity? Or, yeah. Or is it not? And is it actually just random, you know, in the way that like that series on Netflix, Sweet Tooth, is about a kind of dystopian world where children have started to take on the actual physical attributes of animals? Yes, I reckon it was probably influenced by the gender war stuff because it's from 2021, the film, I think. And it just felt obviously like it was trying to get at something about that, but what you couldn't yes, quite say. So I remember going home afterwards and assuming it was based on a real story because basically it also stars a man who's trying to, well, he basically tortures his patients in the name of like radical therapy to try and snap them out of these states. Yeah, and it's like a very damning critique of the medical institution that they're yes. in. That's Not of the children, just to be clear, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what it was trying to achieve, but it was a strange film. I've literally only seen it or heard of it referred to like on that plane that I watched it on, like on that Yeah, screen. neither would I. Yeah. That was what was so odd about it. We both suddenly saw it. We were like, should we watch that? It looks quite interesting. And we just sat in silence next to each other with our headphones on, didn't we? Watched the yeah. whole thing and then just looked at each other after like, oh, what Especially because I'd, I'd just seen George Mackay in 1917 where he plays like a poor soldier. Mm. In and I'd just seen him at my friend's wedding. In a kilt. Oh, yeah. Looking yes. very handsome. So, was he very. He seems like quite a sombre man. I mean, he was definitely enjoying the wedding, but I obviously would, didn't go over to him or anything because he actually, in fact, wasn't the only celebrity there. Who was the other celebrity? Oh, Fat Nicola Tony. Roberts. And Fat, well, Fat Tony was DJing. Nicola Roberts was also a friend of the couple from Girls from Love. The, oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Not, not Girls Love. Not Biscuit Girls. Um, You're thinking of Nicole Scherzinger, the guy who just got engaged last weekend. Yeah. To her rugby player, Bo. Oh my God, story about Nicola Roberts with the amazing orange hair. I once had to have my hair cut next to her at Salon 64 and it was, again, a really distressing experience God, for me. because her hair's really long and really thick it's and really like, like luscious. amazing. Yeah. And I was like, I look like a little... 
I'm not going to... I was about to say rat's tail, but I'm thinking of... I don't know why, but for some reason I thought what you were going to say was a little dandelion. Oh my God, that is me. That'd be quite cute. Little fluffy, sort of flimsy head (laughs) thing. Yes, blowing in the wind. Anyway, what else is there to say about Barbie? Well, the only other thing I was going to say about Barbie, which is not really about Barbie, it was something of a segue. Yeah. Which, as our listeners know, we something of pride ourselves on. Well, I'm not allowed to even say the word segue anymore because you always I know, I always tell me. you off, so I've just jumped in there. But I wanted to say about Chrissy Teigen. She basically recreated Margot Robbie's like viral Barbie high heel scene while she was at like the dream house in Malibu. Oh, Margot Robbie loved it. But I'm finding Chrissy Teigen quite interesting at the moment because she has been talking all about how she's just had her fourth baby six months after her third baby via surrogate. Wow. Surrogate is, surrogacy is like literally all the rage now isn't it which sounds a bit weird because it's again i mean the uk have very different rules to the us in the us it's more of a commodified thing because you actually like pay someone to like carry your child whereas you can't do that in the uk Mm. so it's more transactional and actually chloe kardashian has just been in the press quite a lot because she talks about how she's really struggled with her second baby coming from surrogacy yes bonding with him yeah and that's because she's, I guess, had both experiences and Kim hadn't hadn't found it that way. So hadn't given Chloe that advice. And Chloe actually did say that she felt it was a difference. And it very, she used the word transactional. She was like, you know, I just like was in the hospital. This woman like gives birth and then I just like take her baby next door. Like it just felt almost weird and wrong. So even though Chloe Kardashian though has spoken like honestly about how maybe it was a slightly more troubling experience for her, Chrissy Teigen went public with the fact that they had a little boy, I think in mid-June via a surrogate they've even like shared a picture of the surrogate the surrogate has commented on her post about it and you know usually surrogates keep their identity like private yeah so I found it just a really interesting way of going about it and she basically did this Instagram post where she talks about the fact that for her whole life as long as she can remember she always wanted four children obviously they actually underwent IVF for even their for all three of their children they were worried after their very traumatic miscarriage late miscarriage do you remember yeah I guess probably a year ago 2021 uh, about having any more children they started looking to surrogacy then they originally thought they might they reached out to the surrogacy agency and were like we might want to do two surrogacies at the same time to have like kind of twins but not twins so a boy and a girl to be born at the same time then she decided after therapy that actually she wanted to try and like carry a baby one last time herself after all the trauma that had gone on she just didn't know if she how old is she like late 30s she's like yeah but like younger than you think like I always think of Chrissy Teigen as quite a bit older than me and then yeah she's probably only like 36 or something did I tell you I saw I was really close to her at the John Legend gig no and I had to stop Cleo oh my god why do I reference Cleo in every episode my friend Cleo I took who's a massive Chrissy Teigen fan and I had to beg her afterwards not to follow Chrissy Teigen up the stairs to her box she was like please I just want to go and say hello I was like no please can we not do this was she super pregs at the time um, oh no, it would have been recently. No, she she would have just the had the baby. She yeah. had the baby. Esty. So that's yes. like, yeah, the little one that she carried. Yeah. And they happened to, the way that the timings worked out, basically, they just happened to like undergo this like surrogacy journey right around the same time. And then basically, yeah, have now ended up with this like two babies, like oh my God, six so months cute. apart. And she's talked a lot about how she became like friends with the surrogate and they kind of like, went through the whole experience of like pregnancy almost like together and have become like lifelong family friends. And yeah, it was just really interesting just seeing yet another experience of something that seems to be becoming more and more and more popular. Oh my God, yeah. 
guys, PSA, we have to tell you about London's hottest new hack that is a game changer for date night and will be music to the ears of all the foodies listening, I promise. Yes, honeys, you know that we love a fancy meal here at Straight Up. So, Yonder is a premium lifestyle credit card and our new sponsor. And hear us out, this isn't just any ordinary credit card. The points you earn can be spent at some of London's best restaurants, cafes, bars and entertainment hotspots. And new members can try Yonder out for free for the first six months. Bargain. The money you spend using the card from your weekly food shop to your summer holiday converts directly into points that you can then spend at these incredible places from bow to cricket to crossbows to lena stores you name it now i've had credit cards with convertible points before but they're always so limiting in terms of where you can spend them it's business hotels or boring brands that feel quite irrelevant or quite frankly just way too expensive yonder is the first credit card that lets you spend points in the places that you'd actually want to go anyway trust me guys it's so good that when my boyfriend first got yonder and took me out for a free dinner with his points so romantic i immediately reached out to yonder myself to see if they partner with us because i had to tell you about it it's also genuinely amazing way to discover new restaurants or try new things in london particularly since the experiences have changed up every month i for one have booked to go to a pasta workshop at a restaurant in shoreditch using my points and it's definitely not something i would do otherwise very exciting very exciting babe similarly my boyfriend and i went to soho's new super cute cozy british restaurant sussex on sunday evening which i definitely wouldn't have done otherwise i would be at home pigging out on a delivery feeling sorry for myself so the details after you've passed the six month free trial the card costs 15 pounds a month which may seem like a lot if you don't already pay for a premium credit card but something that immediately makes the cost worth it for me is the fact that the monthly premium includes worldwide travel insurance and you can use the card abroad with no fx fee no matter what the currency considering I pay similar travel insurance anyway and rack up about 15 quid in currency conversion fees every time I go abroad, it was a no-brainer for me. Head to yondercard.com to download the app and try Yonder for free for your first six months, plus get £5 to spend on one of Yonder's treat experiences. Approval is subject to eligibility and you need to be over 18 and a UK resident to apply. A membership fee and T's and C's apply. Borrow responsibly. The representative rate is 64% APR variable. So go get earning those points. Thank you to our partner Yonder. I mean, would you have a use a surrogate like for cosmetic reasons? Absolutely not for cosmetic reasons. Like I think in a way, again, that is almost playing into that like rank capitalism where you're like commodifying women's bodies. Like mm. I definitely feel a bit like that's just too handmaid's tale. Like I wouldn't be like, oh, I just don't really like feel like being pregnant. So I won't. But obviously we talked about this with Paris Hilton. She has like a serious full on actual legit birth phobia. So who am I to judge in that situation, I think? But even C-sections are kind of shamed when you get a vanity C-section. Like Shiv says that in Succession, where she like makes fun of the kind of mother she'd be. And she's like, oh, you know, I'd bounce. I wouldn't even need maternity leave. I'd just get a vanity C-section. Yeah, 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 they are. Like they're really um, like people look down sniffed on them. at them. People yeah. like book them in around. But then I guess, again, it's a really complicated topic because... I feel like, as any mums listening will well know, like, you can't do wrong for doing right in the world of mums. Yeah, I don't see why can't you have a C-section if you want to. I don't understand. Well, I think because obviously in an ideal world, you would have a natural birth as close to. But then, again, the the idea of what natural means, I'm using the word natural In in air quotes because natural like what is natural does that mean you're not having an epidural does that mean you're not having any pain relief you know like you could quantify that in all different ways i think they now say like a vaginal birth is that the best birth though well there i know that there are little like elements so again it's really hard because you don't want to be like yeah it's the best birth because you don't want to shame anyone and actually like all that matters is the baby comes out like healthy yeah and mum's healthy you know what i mean at the end of the day obviously that's what matters but there are experiences that are part of birth like they say a that it's good for babies to like experience like the plain pleasure thing of coming down the birth canal oh really yeah but b 
be the most important thing. And this is what makes a lot of sense to me, knowing lots of people that are cesarean. I wasn't, but my brother was. So like, even just little things yeah. like that. And actually, when you come out the birth canal, you get covered in all these like vaginal juices that basically like give you all the good- Never say to me vaginal juice I know, again. Sorry, it's gross, Why did you but... say that? Could you not say fluid? Oh, sorry. All right, fluid. But that is what it is. Like you don't get covered in it if you come out from a C-section. Do you know what I mean? So, so you weren't, you missed out on the well, vaginal I didn't, juice. I, no, I didn't. And that's, I think, why I have a good immune system. Basically, it's, it's it like... Oh, it, I thought you said you were a C-section. No, I wasn't. My brother was. Oh, sorry. Brother my was. brother gets ill way more than I do. So like, I'm saying I've got stupid anecdotal evidence even. Oh, I see. Um, gut, it does, they relate it now to gut, gut issues because your microbiome is basically like ground the good groundwork is laid then so if you're not born that way you're not you never get all the good bacteria so therefore you're at a loss already from the beginning little cheeky simprove order on the straight up (laughs) yes but yeah gut microbiome now my friend who recently had a baby actually told me that what they do now uh, with c-sections because this wisdom is now much more understood than it was when we were born yeah they actually take like cloth or whatever and soak up the fluid and like wrap it around the baby's head so they actually like manually do it now because they've recognised how important that actually is. Oh my God. So you have like a v- vaginal fluid facial at yeah. zero <laughs> yes. years old. So, I mean, again, I'm not a mother. I've never had children. I absolutely can't speak <laughs> You know a lot about it though. With any authority other than what I've been told. I think, no, I think that's actually others. really interesting because I did not know about the birth canal, the like wild ride of the, the pain and pleasure of the birth canal. I, yeah, that, my mum told me about that one. The microbiome is like a generally accepted wisdom. God, it sounds like a fairground down there. <laughs> anyway, yes. I'm no longer comfortable discussing children. No, let's move on from Moving children on vaginal juices. From children to sex. Because there is yes, a, there's they a link are there. the pain pleasure experience. There is a link there somewhere. I would like to close this episode by talking about Tedros. Oh, did you watch it? I watched the final Oh, I'm so glad. Okay. So don't give me too many spoilers. No, I'm not. This is going to be spoiler free because I know guys, you're going to be watching it still this week. And, but I would like to say that in the name of this podcast, I watched it on my own in Pret at lunchtime. (laughs) Well done. Thank you. That is serious commitment to the cause. Can your bottom not be front and center of this episode? But no, it was. What are you watching in Pret? Um, My boss said to me, he was like, I feel like I've seen Jocelyn's bottom more than I've seen my own bottom in the 50 years I've been yes. alive and I was like, <laughs> yeah actually same like, yeah is it because Sam Levinson is just like you've got a great ass let's get I that mean, I will say there. though I felt like I'd been actually wrong in our previous episode the other day because I saw a picture of her and about with friends and she was wearing like the most absurdly skimpy outfit as in LRD Lily Rose Depp was oh as in she likes being that naked so I was like okay you actually do wear that clothing in in real life however I then also saw another picture of her and she was wearing like a completely normal like long sleeve top and jeans so I was like okay she she does both I didn't know that she was bisexual or gay I actually don't know which one she is and she has a girlfriend the rapper 070 Shake yes is that how you say it 070 Shake God, I don't know how you say it. Um, but they looked, for that shit, but. Yeah, but they looked cute together. Yes, um, they were the, that, in fact, they were the exact pictures I saw. They were pictures of her same. at her girlfriend's gig. Yes, yeah. right, with the tiny little handbag. Yeah. Anyway, so look, the episode, I would like to say that the fourth episode, I was really loving. It was yes. very compelling. Me too. On tenterhooks. Loved the, uh, the flip of power. Yes. Felt like it was going a little bit further and actually trying to say things about... 
I thought um, the, the industry, yeah, obsession with porn and whatever else it's trying to do. Thought the weekend's acting had got marginally better. Yeah, he'd also brushed out his rat tail, so it was just a fluff, which helped a lot. I which think, really helped. The eye didn't constantly get drawn to it, so you were able to actually focus more on his like facial expressions. I was genuinely like quite relieved. However, he had taken to wearing a leopard print headband. Yeah, what the hell was that which about? Which is upsetting. And the weird karate thing that scene was very strange. Oh yeah, he tries to beat up Jocelyn's ex, but in a really he's meant to be a famous way. actor, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Who that actor is actually some kind of heartthrob as well, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, I definitely recognise him. Yeah. He's a very good looking man. And he always plays like the handsome mm. guy. He was good. Um so fourth episode, I was like, this is really good. Well, relative to the show, as in it's still bad, but it for the show it was good. You enjoyed the hate watching. In episode five, basically the the whole thing is Jocelyn's tour is about to be cancelled because Andrew Finkelstein, the big yeah. boss the label exec, the ba- I see the boss of the re- the whole record label, I think. Yeah, so. I think he is. It's quite unclear what the music what, he, execs are meant to he's do. He's the hotshot. He's the big guy. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to cancel this tour. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, but I'm going to come around and hear you out. And Jocelyn has created essentially a showcase with all of her fellow cult members. And it's bizarre to watch all of these people put on like a little mini concert for the music execs who come into Jocelyn's house being like, no, we don't have time for this. We're not listening to your random friends' music. No, 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 no. And Andrew Funkstein is like, I've literally got five minutes. I'm going to leave. Then they start playing. And Moses Sumney's character, Isaac, dry humps Nikki on the floor. Oh. And it's like, sorry, what self or even... I mean, just no one, no music exec would suddenly voluntarily roll <laughs> onto the floor of their client's home and allow themselves to be dry humped by their friend. Naked. No. He's naked with shorts on. And then Andrew Fickelstein is like, gets really into it as well. And then Troy Sivan starts singing and it's so preposterous. Troy Sivan just opens his mouth and goes, he says, I'm not going to sing it, but he sings, Oh My Lord. Mm. And then as soon as he sings that, Andrew Finkelstein jumps up and is like, oh my God, that's the best thing I've ever heard. And it's like, like, is it? Guys, this is just so preposterous and unrealistic. And yeah, by the end of it, they're all on their feet. They're all clapping. They're all like, you're the future. You three, you're going to be all on stage together with Jocelyn. Yes. And it's it's just like- Happily ever after for Jocelyn and the cult. Jocelyn and the cult. And this is the other thing. It's like, she's booted out Tedros. But she's still cool to have an entire cult chilling on her sitting room floor, just sleeping there. So they stay, but Tedros doesn't. Well, he's kind of, he, she's trying to kick him out. I saw an annoying spoiler yeah. already that you know, when I was trying to avoid them. Don't say it. I won't say it. But yes. I'm concerned. Yes. But also it's like, okay, so within two seconds, you've suddenly snapped out of your cult indoctrination, even though in the last episode, you were being brainwashed into performing a sex act in front of all of your team on a mic. Yeah. And you were cool with seeing your be- one of your best friends shocked with like an actual taser. Yeah, with the bloody dog collar. Yes. That is so brutal, all of that. Yeah. I found that really like uncomfortable, all the stuff with Choice of Anne's character. What's his character called? Uh, Xander. Xander, that's it. And you had allowed yourself to be beaten with your mother's hairbrush. So like your mental state is clearly deep in the cult. And then within no time at all in the fifth episode, she's like, no, Tedros, you need to get out. And in fact, I'm the boss now. But the showcase in terms of the actual music is really good. Susanna Son has the most amazing voice. And actually, I'm really upset because she does this amazing song called Like a God. And The Weeknd has released like all the songs from the show. Yeah. But he's taken that song when it's like he's done it. Singing it himself. He's singing it himself. I'm like, no, her voice is so good. She'd be so much better on it. He's 
he is clearly got a bit of an ego hasn't he it from even from outside the show and then Moses Sumney is just amazing he is that's the thing I do I will say I do think the the, having the real life musicians in it really Really. helps yes and I must say Moses Sumney massively massively I have a massive crush on him I never really realised how unbelievably hot he was well he wasn't always that hot he's had a glow up I was actually looking up his romantic preferences oh yeah and Go he on. from i've inferred he hasn't said that he's actually said publicly that he doesn't want to confirm or deny whether he's gay got it but he has his whole debut album was called a romanticism a romanticism is a thing where you're not attracted to anyone oh right yeah 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 it's being asexual I, I think it's quite similar but maybe it's more of a i think asexual must deal more with like the primal urges a romanticism is more about like the social what? stuff around yeah, constructs around like, it yeah. but there is an inference again though isn't there early on in the idol that there's something with him and tedros that's slightly yeah. sexual in nature it feels like he's being pimped out to women by tedros but actually he's not into women maybe yeah, oh, I actually got a vibe that there was something between the two of them. Even though Tedros's character is clearly meant to be like super homophobic or, but maybe that's yeah. like a, the man doth protest too much. I don't know. I reckon he probably has sex with all of his cult. I feel members. like that was the inference. Um, what's really fucked up though, and I'm not going to say any spoilers, but essentially um, the music execs end up saying that actually Tedros is a genius. And Great. So it's exactly... <laughs> what you thought it would be because what you read because when they do this musical showcase you're like oh wow like actually you have given jocelyn all these hits and you're the reason why she's able to do this tour and you've actually scouted out these amazing musical talents and in totally the wrong way and it's definitely not worth it but you have sculpted them into these amazing musicians in through disgusting means but yeah, which is, I guess what makes the whole thing so morally murky as yeah. well anyway, because it's like, what's the show trying to say? Is it trying to say it was all worth it in the end? Is it trying to say that like, yeah. bad people make good art? Like, yeah. what's the inference? Then you're, at the end, you're kind of like, does he actually really care about art? Because suddenly you hear some of the stuff he says and it sounds like he really does. And then there's a really meta bit at the end, which made me laugh because I'm sure it's been written in by Sam Levinson in the weekend to play it, to kind of comment on the whole theory around the idol where the music execs are basically talking about how uh, all their employees did a staged walkout um, in protest at Jocelyn's misogynistic music. And Andrew Finkelstein is like, yeah, but it gave us like $300 million of free advertising and that alone, like all the all the anger around um, Jocelyn and her misogynistic music has been great for business. And he's like, and we basically have uh, Tedros to thank for selling out the stadium. And essentially that's what happened with the idol. That's why we're all watching it, talking about it. Yes, that is actually such a good point. I read an interview with the actress that plays Nikki, the older manager. It was actually weirdly, I think it was a kind of amalgamation of her interview and then also the interview with Destiny, the younger manager. Yes. And they, both actresses kind of say, they're like, yeah, we knew there was going to be a load of... um, pushback like we were all pretty happy about it we've all had a good laugh about it really we knew on set we were making some something subversive we knew exactly what the response to this was going to be it's all about society's obsession with porn culture and uncomfortably like reflecting that back at everyone they were of the view that on set as well the kind of rolling stone allegations are even more absurd because actually because everyone was so hyper aware that they were doing something subversive the kind of safety on set was like absolute paramount and Lily Rose Depp says that you know how Lily Rose Depp and uh, Troy Sivan have done that shared Vogue Australia cover yes she says in that interview I, I've only read the highlights I haven't read the full piece but she says like I was never interested in making anything puritanical like I always knew it was going to be like 
essentially hypersexual and went for it anyway um like i wanted to do that role i think it's really interesting like society is hypersexualized like the world is hypersexualized why not look into that so yes and i do fully agree but the fifth episode was just so funny i think it's whenever all the execs come in yeah into the same scene at once and you're like you're meant to be the most realistic part of the show because you're playing the suits mm. and you are the most absurd yeah basically the show just isn't quite clever enough that's the no. problem to do all of the high in commentary that it claims it's trying to do it would need to be like amped up by quite a few notches in terms of the dialogue. and Which so is a on. shame because um, The weekend works in the music industry, obviously. Like he has such knowledge of the music industry. I don't see why he can just make that a bit more realistic. I mean, I will also say, I know there's been loads of news around it. They're like, everyone's up in arms that it's ending after five episodes instead of six. But it's like, it was always going to be five ever since The weekend was involved. Like it was oh, six yes. very, very originally. But this isn't like HBO have scrapped the last episode. Like there is no last episode now yes. of this version. Because they've refilmed it. Yeah, well, I will say that's one of the major issues with this, with the last episode is none of it makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, it's just so short as well. You're like five episodes. Like you really, if you wanted this whole program to actually say something more interesting, you need eight episodes. It's very you obvious that an episode th- has gone missing. Right. You're like, oh, there's no link between this action from last episode and or oh really jocelyn is a completely different person i wonder what happened in between right so in a way you think what they did from the kind of former director's episode plan was scrap the fifth something has gone sick something something has gone badly narratively wrong wrong. yeah (laughs) it's somehow got a lot worse they're all just wires at the end of the day none of them step in which in a way maybe is kind of the point that the weekend felt he was also making about the music industry which obviously we have said and spoken about a lot with lots of other artists which is that a lot of the people in the music industry that aren't there for the genuine love of the art whether they're the artist themselves or just someone that really truly has such a passion yeah. and love for music most of the other people are just like vultures yes to like pick off the success of other people Absolutely. make money off other people's talent that they don't have there's a really good show in there somewhere there is deep deep down yes by a different writer and i am actually devo that now i have nothing to hate watch on a monday night well yeah no there's nothing i've started watching the new season of the bear yeah i didn't love the first season of the bear which i know makes me a freak but well it's not as compelling as the first season i'm just holding on for more hijack quite frankly yes I've started, I've cooled off a bit on platonic as well. Have you? Oh, I'm still loving platonic. Oh, no, I do yesterday. love it. You know what? It's because I was watching it with my boyfriend and he cooled on it and it affected me. But no, secretly, I no, do I love, love it. it. I need to get back. In. Oh, okay, let's finish, babe, on And Just Like That. Give us your quick yes. summary thoughts. Okay, I feel like I'm going to have to come back to this because okay, fine. I'm not going to Let's lie. do it justice. Yes, because I have seen the first two episodes, but I watched them pre our Caroline interview. So that was now like two weeks ago. So I okay. can't really remember. Fine. Let's it both well. watch it and then we'll do it near the end of the but season. My very top line was that I am so far enjoying it. Okay. I top line is was not enjoying not. it. <laughs> yes. However, so I was reading um, Cynthia Nixon, who plays Miranda's Sunday Time Style interview this weekend. And I was very heartened by what she said about turning 50. What does she say? I think she's 57 now. She was like, your 50s as a woman are a bit like when you're an adolescent woman in that you become giddy with like possibility and you suddenly just decide to do all these things just for you. Well, that's very cheering. Yeah. And she was like, it's it's your second golden age. And actually that aligns with a podcast I was listening to recently with this woman called Dr. Mindy Wise, who's like the ultimate like female hormone doctor expert. Mm. And she was saying 
about obviously how difficult like the perimenopause and the menopause are for women but they're actually once you come out the other side and your body gets used to all like the hormonal change like you're in this like amazing space and you're like super creative and yeah you to go back up and you're able to handle stress again and it really is this like second, second golden era as you say you've just got to get through like the absolute hell that is the menopause first although one interesting thing i also read about and just like that from Claire Cohen, who used to work with me, um, who's very good, who's written a whole book about friendship. She wrote about for Vogue this week saying that she was really disappointed with um, the new season because it shows women in their prime who are more insecure than like their average teen. How like mm. they've lost the power to communicate properly. Carrie can't say vagina out loud on her podcast. I mean, what on earth is going on with Miranda I just, I mean, I just can't even get into it here because it deserves a proper, yes. full, but something despairing think about breakdown. That why are they being insecure and prudish when they're meant to be at their most confident? Yeah, and there was that whole thing in the first season with the grey hair that yeah, they went on about. Yeah, we want them there? to be like their bad bitch. I think that's why everyone's else. loving Seema because yes. she's got that energy a little bit she's more, so doesn't stunning. she? And she's more like, "Fuck you! I'm am who I am, and if you don't like it, you can leave." Yeah, want more of that. Yes, please. We need to aspire to these women. Right, we'll reassess. We'll reassess. We'll come Guys, if there are any particular and us just like that topics you want us to discuss, let us know. Let us know. Anyway, guys, if you haven't yet, please do vote for us in the British Podcast Awards in the listener's choice. Choose our podcast from the drop-down menu. It takes 10 seconds and then go and confirm your vote via your email. Yes. Okay. All right, honeys. Rate, review, subscribe as well. And do let us know what you think on Insta at Straight Up Pod. Love you. Bye.